Welcome to the Atmosphere Church Podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this message. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our desire is to help lead you in experiencing God by following Jesus. If you want to find out more information about us, head over to our website at atmosphere.church. Enjoy the message. Today is the final talk in our series that we've simply entitled Jonah. And what we've learned from this ancient story is it has a relevant message because there's a little Jonah in all of us. And in today's final talk in our series, we have a special guest speaker who has spoken at Atmosphere before. His name is Pastor Samuel Laws. He's one of the lead pastors up at a church in San Ramon, California called Brave Church. He pastors up there with his dad, Darren Laws. And both of these guys have been a huge blessing to Atmosphere Church. And we can't thank them enough for all of the ways that they have been a part of this entire movement that we've experienced over these last three years. So get those emojis going on Facebook, put those heart buttons out there, those like buttons, and give a warm atmosphere welcome to Pastor Samuel Laws. Take it away, Samuel. It's an honor for me just to to get to serve you and to be here today and to serve Pastor Jim and Tara. And I mean, they're amazing. And anytime I, I have an opportunity to talk with Pastor Jim or uh, just hear what he's learning, learn from him and connect is always uh, such a blessing. And so glad to be here. Um, one more thing. I just want to give a shout out. My wife, Marcy, got to come with me on this trip and she is eight months pregnant with our third daughter. So we have both of our, our girls, um, one just turned two, the other one just turned one, like last week. Yeah, so we're about to have three girls under three, or right at three, yeah, under three. Yeah, under three. It's going to be crazy. You guys can pray for me. You can pray for me now. You can pray for me uh, the rest of my life. You can pray for me when they're teenagers. You can just keep praying for me. I would appreciate it. Um, but hey, today we are concluding a, a four-week talk series looking at the story of Jonah. Who's been here for any of these previous weeks as we've been talking about Jonah? Awesome. So we're in chapter four today. If you want to go there, you can follow along chapter four. Uh, but quick recap for those um, who weren't here last week or a quick refresher. Uh, in chapter three, Jonah preaches what is arguably the worst sermon in the Bible. Okay, like there's there's no stories. There's no illustrations. We can't even tell if his heart's in it. I mean, it's like one of the worst, okay? And it leads to the greatest revival in the entire Old Testament, maybe even in the entire Bible. Like this incredible revival of people turning their hearts to God, repenting. I mean, what's up with that? And so right here at the start of chapter four, where we pick up, we see how Jonah, now Jonah the revivalist, feels about what God just did, how, how he feels about what just happened. And this may be the biggest surprise in the story of Jonah, like bigger than him running from God, like a runaway prophet, right? Bigger than being swallowed by a fish, even bigger than the revival that happened. The biggest surprise in my mind is how Jonah responds to this. So let's read Jonah chapter four, starting in verse one. But to Jonah... This seemed very wrong. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, 
slow to anger, and abounding in love, a God that relents from seeing calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in the shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow so that Jonah uh, would have shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I am so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight. It died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. Many think when it uh, refers to the 120,000 people that couldn't tell their right hand from their left, it's referring to the children of Nineveh that, that God cared so much about. And then he even mentions the animals. God cares about every living being, every person, every animal. But then notice this story and, and the final chapter here, it ends with a question from God. This last question that God asks Jonah, and it's one of the most significant things in the entire story. It's, it's the key verse in the whole book of Jonah. God leaves Jonah and us with this question. Should I not be concerned about this great city? Should I not be concerned about every person who has not found life to the fullest in me. The title of today's talk, um, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, is Givers and Takers. Givers and Takers. Uh, I wonder if you think of yourself more as a giver or a taker. Uh, odds are many of us would not raise our hand and be like, yeah, I'm a taker, right? Uh, but, the, but the truth is we're all somewhere on that spectrum, right, of being more of a, a giver or a receiver. And so in the context of Jonah, what we're talking about is giving grace. The story of Jonah shows us what a generous grace giver God is. For, from the sailors, right? These evil sailors, this evil city, this runaway prophet, all of these characters that God just keeps chasing after, pursuing after, extending his grace. And so through this, what we ultimately find is what is God's heart for you and I? It's like no matter how far we run, God keeps chasing us. No matter how long we go in the wrong direction, no matter how much we mess up, God just doesn't give up on us. And so Jonah, Jonah has a problem with that. Jonah doesn't think that's a good idea. Here at the end of the story, Jonah is sitting on a hill and he's hoping for hate. He hopes for hate. He wants God to judge this city. Jonah doesn't care about the people. He has no grace for them and he's mad at God. Jonah says that he would rather die than be a part of this great redemption story. And so then God starts asking some questions. And, and when God asks questions, he's not looking for answers. He's making a point. 
God, God already knows the answers, right? God's asking this question to get Jonah thinking, to get you and I thinking. The curtains fall, the lights come on. We're left with this question. Should I not be concerned about this great city? And so here's the, the big idea. Here's the tension uh, that we're going to wrestle with today. And that is that uh, we all like receiving grace, but it's harder to give it. We all like to receive grace, but it's harder to give it. Um, we're okay with grace going to ourselves. We're okay with grace going to people we like. But we have a problem when it goes to people we don't like, when it goes to people that have wronged us, when it goes to others, sometimes we have a problem with giving it. Um, for example, have you ever been driving? And maybe you're running late. Right? You're, you're in a rush to get somewhere. Maybe you got to get to work and you can't be late or you've got a really important meeting and, and you're distracted and then you realize, oh, there's my exit and I see an opening and I can make it, but I've got to you know, just jump right in there. You cut someone off, you exit, you think, you know, the, they'll understand. They probably know I'm in a hurry or, or maybe it's an emergency or whatever. But then you're the person driving that just got cut off and you don't think, oh, they must have a really good excuse. Right? No, you're like, what are they doing? Who taught them to drive? Right? Or, or maybe you know what it's like to be planning a party. And you, you know, you've got a, a big list, you're inviting all these people, and, and then you're at the party and you realize like it's almost over, and you realize, oh, I forgot to invite that person. And, and you know they're gonna see on social media that they didn't get invited and it's probably gonna hurt their feelings. And you're like, but you know, they'll they'll understand like because of this, that, and the other, right? But then you're that person, and you're like, wow, I thought we were friends. Like, maybe I should unfriend them or something, right? Like I, th I thought that, 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 that we were friends, that they knew we were friends, and, and you started going down this list, and you started evaluating or asking all these questions, wondering why you didn't get invited. You don't give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Or maybe you, you know what it's like to be um, a boss, and you've got all these meetings, and maybe you're working on something big, and you have to cancel some of your meetings with your team. And your team's like, you know, kind of like their schedule's getting messed up, but you're like, you know, they'll understand because, you know, I'm the boss and I've got to take care of this or that. But then you're the team member and this keeps happening. And you're like, well, what's going on? Like, does this guy not have a calendar? Does he keep forgetting, like, when we're meeting or, or what's the deal? Like, is he even doing his job? Maybe he's playing golf, <laughs> right? And you go, to, you go to this place, right? Because the truth is we all like receiving grace, but it's harder to give it. It's not our default. It's not the first place we go when things aren't going our way. And so here's the challenge. We need to be grace givers, not grace takers as followers of Jesus. And so today we're going to look at three keys to being a grace giver. Three keys to being a grace giver. And the first one, this is so foundational. Number one, you can't give what you haven't received. You can't give what you haven't received. You can't give time that you don't have, you can't give money that you don't have, and you can't give grace that you don't have. So giving starts with receiving. Uh, I wonder if you can remember the first time that you received grace. Uh, I will never forget the first time I received grace, I was in kindergarten. And you might think, how does he remember that? Is this guy making this story up? Is he one of those preachers, right? No, like, but when you have an encounter with grace, like the first time that you receive something that you did not deserve, it's memorable. It marks you. So, so I was in kindergarten, and uh, we were, you know, when you got in trouble in, in my kindergarten class, um, the teacher would put your name on the board. And so I was talking when I wasn't supposed to, and she put my name on the board. And that was the first time that had ever happened. I was, like, kind of nervous. And I'm like, well, 
You know, okay, that's the warning, right? And then I was coming in from recess, and I guess I was, like, in a hurry or something, and I, like, kind of nudged, kind of pushed this girl that was in my way, trying to get to my desk, and the teacher, she had eyes on me. Like, she was watching me, because, you know, my name was on the board. I was, like, on, that, on the wanted list, so, so, she, so she puts a check mark next to my name, and that was the worst. Like, that meant that she was going to talk to my mom when she came to pick me up, and that had never happened to me before. I had no idea what was going to happen. Like, I was terrified. Like, I'm in kindergarten, you know, and she's going to talk to my mom. And so my mom shows up, and I see her talking to my teacher, and then we're walking to the car, and my mom doesn't say anything, so I don't say anything. We get in the car, and then we go to the grocery store. We're, like, going to run some errands. And so we kind of, like, forgot about it a little bit. Like, I didn't say anything. She didn't say anything, but I felt really bad. And so then we're checking out at the grocery store, and they had, like, at that, back then they had, like, VHS tapes for sale, like, at the checkout, you know? And the sequel to Aladdin had just come out called Return of Jafar. <laughs> That's probably on Disney Plus now, huh? But anyway, it was, like, super random, but I was, like, really excited about this movie, so I'm looking at it, and, and then my mom says, hey, I want to buy that for you. And I'm thinking, what is about to happen? <laughs> like, I just got my name on the board. This makes no sense. And so, but I didn't say anything. I'm like, okay. And so, so then she buys it, and we're walking in the car. We get in the car, and finally I just had to ask. I'm like, Mom, why did you buy me this movie? I got my name on the board. And, and she said, well, you're sorry, right? I could, and I said, yeah. And she said, I could tell that you're sorry. Like, you, you seemed really sad, and, and, and you're not going to do it again, right? Like, you're going to learn from this. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, then I don't need to punish you. I forgive you. And, you know, I think sometimes that's, that's the problem is that we think that when we make mistakes that God doesn't forgive, that he doesn't have grace for us. And so for me, at such a young age, just having this very real-life example of a mom that said, you know what, you know, in the kingdom of God, the goal of, of discipline and punishment is to teach. It's to educate. And so if he's learned his lesson, then I don't need to punish him. You know, the Bible says in... in Matthew 7, 11, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so we don't, we don't have to earn God's forgiveness. That's what makes it grace, right? God is eager to forgive us once we've repented and changed ways in our heart. And so the more filled with grace, the more we become aware of this in our relationship with God, the more we receive grace from him, the more we have to bring to bring grace to all the places we go, to the people in our lives, uh, to our workplaces. We literally, God's heart, his goal for us is literally to transform the atmosphere of where we are to be a place of grace. And so that's God's heart for us, but we got to receive a lot of it to do that. And so Jonah, you know, he received grace in the belly of a fish. And if it wasn't for the second chance that God gave him that he didn't deserve, he, you know, he ran away. But God gave him a second chance, and if it wasn't for that, then when he, he, he would have had nothing to give when he went to Nineveh. But by God's grace, he was able to deliver a message of repentance. So it's only by God's grace that we have anything to give, which is why everything that we give to others needs to start with a recognition, recognition of what we have received. It is only because of God that we can find the forgiveness of our sins. It is only from God that we find our life, from God that we find our provision, from God who gives us the ability to give to others. Now, when we understand grace, even our sacrifices are something that we can find joy in because we recognize I wouldn't even have anything to sacrifice if I hadn't already received so much. And that's the gospel. 
That's what it means to follow Jesus, is to live this life of grace, to be a grace giver. And so we got to recognize what we've been given and live under that headline every single day if we want to have something to give to the people around us. Uh, one of the things I've noticed in life is that the people who uh, tend to have the hardest time giving grace or, or just giving in general are people that have had a lot taken from them. And that might be you here today. Maybe you've had a hard life. Maybe a lot has been taken from you. And so that can be really challenging. But see, if you want to flip the script, if you want to get free from that mentality, if you want to live with a generous mindset, then the starting point to all of that is recognizing this, that when you accept Jesus, you're accepting this truth, that no matter how much has been taken from you, it will never come close to what you have received in Christ. No matter how much is taken from you, it will never come close to what you have been given. And so you, you can never, nothing, nothing can be taken from you that will ever outweigh that, which means you can be a grace giver. And so that's our first key, number one, to being a grace giver is that you can't give what you haven't received. And the second thing is this, number two, turn unholy anger into holy acceptance. Did you know that God gets angry? God gets angry. The Bible refers to this as the wrath of God, God's wrath. This wrath represents how God feels about injustice. It also is any time that God acts lovingly against evil. So the bottom line is that God gets angry for a good reason. When God gets angry, it's motivated by love. It's a loving reason. God has acted consistently throughout history in this holy anger. But that's not what Jonah's doing. Jonah's anger is not that kind of anger. Jonah wasn't expressing godly, holy anger. He was expressing unholy anger, selfish anger. Jonah thought that he knew better than God. And in verse one, it says that he thought that God was very wrong. He basically said, God, I knew this was gonna happen because you're just too nice. Have you ever gotten upset because you just felt like someone was being too forgiving, too kind, too nice? And I'm not talking about when there's a lack of wisdom or, or boundaries. I'm talking about when someone says they don't deserve a second chance or, or they're, they're just going to blow it again. These are real problems. And so this is the kind of anger that Jonah felt towards this situation. And now he's angry at God for being slow to send destruction, slow to correct them for their mistakes. Verse four, but the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? See, the ending of this story, what it does is it confronts all of us to measure our hearts against God's heart for people, for all of us. Can we offer holy acceptance to people who sin differently than us? Or when we're honest, do we say, no, God, not them? 120,000 children lived in Nineveh. And God cared about each and every one of them the way he cared about Israel, the way he cared about Jonah. And that's how God cares about us. But Jonah didn't. He didn't care about them. Will we? Will we care about our city? Well, will we care enough about Thousand Oaks and the surrounding cities to be grace givers? Will we ask God for the grace to turn our unholy anger into a holy acceptance of people? Or what about our family members, right, that are hard to love? Does anybody have any of those? <laughs> if they're with you, don't uh, raise your hand. But you, here's the deal. You can't love someone until you first accepted them as they are. 
Of course, the other half of this acceptance is that we don't stay the same. That's not the goal. We accept people as they are, but then we love them enough not to leave them as they've as we found them. We want to lead them into health and wholeness and forgiveness. So we don't accept the sin. God doesn't do that. But he always accepts the sinner. Uh, Here's a great heart check question, okay, for all of us to ask ourselves, and this is maybe even a good, like, homework this week, okay? Uh, Is there anyone in your life that if you're really honest, you'd rather God teach them a lesson than forgive them? Like, if you're really honest... Um, You'd rather maybe them get what they deserve a little bit uh, before they get to that forgiveness or before God spares them. Maybe secretly or not so secretly in your heart, you're kind of hoping for that because that would satisfy your anger. If It's okay to be honest, guys, because that's the only way that we grow. And so this is a really important heart check. Um, and, and here's what God would say to us. If there's someone that you can, you can say yes to that too, or if there's, maybe it's someone you know, Maybe it's someone you don't know. Maybe it's stuff you're seeing online, right? That's one of the ways that the enemy works, right? It gets us all amped about something, and we have no holy love for that person or that group of people or those, right? And so if we can say yes to that, here's what we need to do, is, is we need to hear, hear what our Father God would say to us right now, and that is, hey, guys, I love you, and that's not what we do on Team Jesus, right? I, I care about them just as much as I care about you, so stop hoping for hate and start praying for repentance. Which leads to our last key to being a grace giver. If you want to be a grace giver, at some point, number three, you need to care enough to join the cause. Care enough to join the cause. Um, Did you know the book of Jonah is actually not the first time that we hear about Jonah? Like before Jonah was called to deliver this great message of repentance to Nineveh, He's actually mentioned before that in 2 Kings. This is the start of his ministry. This is when God gave him a very different message to deliver to the people of Israel. This was, a, this was good news. Who doesn't like to deliver good news, right? Like it's easy to share good news. In fact, this was, such a, this was the, a message that God was going to give Israel favor and blessing. This message would have made Jonah famous. Okay, Jonah... He would have been like the guy who's out to eat and people see him with his family or something and they're like, oh, let's pick up his tab, right? Jonah got free drinks for life. Jonah, when he went to Starbucks in the morning, it was free every time because he was Jonah the prophet that gave us this good word from the Lord that we're gonna be uh, blessed and highly favored. So this is Jonah's first big word, but you know, the truth is if Jonah was gonna go now and deliver this next message to Nineveh and if it was successful, then man, Jonah knew his approval rating in his hometown was gone, right? Like in his whole country, like, like his, even his friends, his family, people that cared about him, they'd be like, Jonah, what were you thinking? Jonah had a hard decision to make. Was, it, was he going to live for his personal gain and his reputation? Was he going to live for what was in his country's best interest, people like him? Or would Jonah join God's cause of bringing grace to the world? to every nation, tribe, and tongue. Christian author Jerry Bridges, he wrote, if we are to succeed in living by grace, we must come to terms with the fact that God is sovereign in dispensing his gracious favors, and he owes us no explanation when his actions do not correspond with our system of merits. Jonah was a grace taker, not a grace giver. What will we be?
Do, do I only want to keep grace for myself, for, for my family, for, for people that have the same preferences as me, people who think like me, people who drive like me? <laughs> or will I be a grace giver to others? See, we're entering this Easter season. And, you know, we celebrate the resurrection every Sunday, but this is a special time that we set aside to recognize the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We're heading into Holy Week. But let's, you know, let's not let this just be another great time to celebrate between us and Jesus. Let's let this be a season where we join the cause, where we join the cause of Christ as grace givers to others. So one of the things I want to ask you to do this week and even today begin praying is, hey God, are there two to three people in my life that, that you want me to invite to join the Easter celebration next Sunday. Because, you know, the thing is, like, this is a season, right, where people are more open to popping into church. Like, you know the term CEOs, right? Christmas, Easter only. If you're here and that's one of you, then we're, we're stoked because that's like three times this year, right? We love CEOs, but our hope and our prayer is, is that through finding Jesus, that the Spirit of God would give us a greater hunger for more than just that, just that service or just that one moment, right? that we would walk with Jesus, that we would follow Jesus. And so I wanna, I wanna encourage you, I wanna challenge you to be a grace giver this week and extend the invitation. You know, that's all God asks of us. They can say no, they can say yes, there's no pressure. All God asks us to do is to be willing to extend the grace, to be willing to say, I, I care enough about you that I want you to know what I found. This, this whole message of, of, of God to humanity can, can literally be summed up into a person, and the person is Jesus. But everything he came to say can be summed up in one word, which is grace. And so that's what this whole thing is about. You know, the thing about grace, when there's grace, have you noticed there's no pressure? It's not this like super intense thing. It's, hey, like you you can you can be forgiven. You can find life. You can be a part of this family. So it's, it's actually not a hard message to share. It requires a lot of us, don't get me wrong. It requires everything that God wants to do in your life. It's a big commitment to say, I will follow you. But, but it's an open extension of grace to all people. So are we going to be grace givers this season? Would you bow your heads and join me? I want to pray for two things. The first is this. I just don't want to end today without giving an opportunity. If you're here and you haven't yet responded to that invitation, but God's put that on your heart, that you're ready to, as he said to the very first disciples 2,000 years ago today, come and follow me. If that's where you're at today, all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand so that I can pray a prayer that you can agree with in your heart. Is there anyone that would like to make that decision today? Awesome. So the second thing we're going to pray, I'm going to pray, God, I pray right now that you would make it clear in our minds that you would bring names and faces. And God, not just, not just show us who you want us to invite, who you want us to extend uh, this grace to, but that you would also give us a heart for them. Even if they say no, that they would be someone that we continue praying for, that, that, we, would, that we would have a burden for the people that you have, have given us influence, have put in our lives, God, that we would have a burden that they would know you. God, give us a greater, help us see people from your heart, from your perspective. 
Help us value people the way you do. Value souls the way you do. God, I pray that our hearts would burn for for people to come to know you this Easter season. And God, I pray for a huge harvest next Sunday at Atmosphere Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms, and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official website at atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click the link that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.